deep in the backwoods of America. We have climbed the highest mountains, searched the densest forest, dragged the swamps, and scoured the prairies to find our leader, retired U.S. Marine gunny, Bud Cornwell. Welcome back, Patriots. This is the Gunny, and you're on the Patriot Cause. It's amazing how in the, quote, media world that you get connected with all of these wonderful Patriots of America. And Steve Stern introduced a lady to me that lives in Alabama, real close to where I'm at, had no idea who this person is, but she is absolutely amazing. Her name is Donna Fiesel. And she is from Alabama and lives here in Alabama with us. But what makes her interesting is she has a talk show called Donna's Edge. And what's neat is we as patriots are seeing what's happening and we're standing up and we're trying to get the truth out because you really can't find it anywhere else other than Thank God for the internet and video, because now we can actually have these shows. And the thing about it that's really neat is she says she's a conservative political activist and she doesn't do anything. Well, of course she does. And it's it's just exciting uh, how, you know, we're all coming together. She's also on air at icrradio.media, so you can check her out there. In the show notes, when we're done with the show, she's got a whole list of social media stuff, just like we do, that you can go check her out and join, um, share across the world. The more news that we get out from real patriots of America, the more we can fight the what I would consider the massive communists, yes, communists, that are in this country trying to take away our freedoms, take away our constitution, so... Donna, welcome to the Patriot Cause. Great pleasure thank to have you here. You. I'm honored to be here. And thank you for your service, by the way. Absolutely. Um, every time I get to meet people, uh, especially in the South, and you tell them you were in the service, that's mm -hmm. the first thing they do is thank you. And I'm just like, it's just so different than being in California or places like that, because a lot of people really don't care. And we had a discussion on Get Ready to Go On. I had a discussion today on a show called uh, The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. And I, I'll introduce you to him. He's doing some great work. And we were talking about this, uh, how people don't want to thank a veteran. But, and here's why. See, most people think we, we're the ones that causes the wars and i'm like what are you talking about oh yeah you you know you went to vietnam and killed babies and all that stuff i said no i didn't went to vietnam or i didn't went to iraq per se i was sent to iraq i was sent to all these different countries by who by politicians see military don't we don't start wars we finish them well, to the best of our ability. And that's what you thank a veteran for, for, for putting your life on the line and supporting the Constitution of the United States and being sent 
by our republic to places that we don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And so, most people don't understand that. They, they don't understand it. It's not only you, but it's your family as well. Oh, I mean, absolutely. you're all in, the, the wife is in it or the husband is in it, just and the kids. I kind of compare it to being a minister's kid. I'm a PK, mm-hmm. by the way, and I yeah. married a PK. Yeah. So, <laughs> and my son is a youth minister. So, anyway, that's awesome. About it. Yeah. So, well, the thing about it is the whole family is involved. I mean, you know, you're you're in it just as much as the person who is out there working hard at it. Oh, absolutely. And the, um, so, what do we think about? Just to let you know, what do you think veterans think about when we're overseas and, and we're doing our job? Obviously, we think about our families a lot. Mm-hmm. But the main thing we think about is staying alive. You know, we think about the job that we got to do. And that's what keeps us going. Because uh, we know someday that this is going to be over. And I'll get to be able to go back home with my family. Mm-hmm. And if you think for a second that military people are here to defend the politicians or defend whatever, no. Number one, the Constitution of the United States. That's the number one thing. We we raise our hand and say that. Number two, what we're defending is each other. Mm-hmm. We're protecting each other's lives as we're going through that process. And then, you know, you can do the list after that. But people say, oh, well, you're, you know, you're supporting the president and the politicians. No, we're not. We're being told to go by them. But that's not the primary mission of what we're doing. We're we're trying to survive in a situation that none of us want to be in in, in the first place. So and I thank you again for uh, recognizing veterans and their families. And we should mm-hmm. constantly do that. And. I just sometimes I just feel upset when people just don't realize what a veteran is. Well, it's for the rest of your life. Um, my father-in-law was in World War II, lost a leg, and it was it was always it was always ongoing. He always felt like a protector of somebody all the time. I mean, it was just you know he he just had that ingrained in him to be a protector. So in August thirteenth of 2020 that was my daughter's birthday so for for whatever reason um you know this is before covid and or during the start of it and so forth but i had started realizing what it was happening to our country in in a very fast pace how these uh leftists and communists were being put into very powerful positions so i decided to do something about it mm-hmm. other than just voting, you know, which you got to do. we got to try to vote the right people in, but that's, that's not good enough. We got to get the truth out and try to open the eyes of, of people that are going on. So I started the Patriot cause based on giving people the knowledge and the truth about what communism is. And then using that platform to show them, how and what the communists are actually doing in our country. The more knowledge that we have, uh, the better off that we're going to be to to fight this enemy within our country. Mm-hmm. So here's my question to you. You're part of this media world. 
how did you get involved? Why are you even doing it? Because it takes a lot of work sometimes, and it's it's a long road to go. But how did you get involved in this? I think I got started at a very early age, actually. Um, to give you a little background, my dad, Democrat, my mother, Republican. Yeah. Um, I'll have to say, um, yeah, um, yeah, Christmas and Thanksgiving was very exciting in our house. <laughs> it really was. So I was neither. Um, I always had the idea you would vote for the person and not because it had an R in front of, of it or because it yes, had a D in front exactly. of it. Exactly. Um, to give you an idea, um, back when Daddy Bush and Bill Clinton were running, I didn't like either one of them. Mm -hmm. So I voted for Ross Perot. Did not tell my parents for a number of years. I did too. <laughs> did, did you? I, I think did. he's a forerunner. Because, and I have to tell you what got me, I, I really liked, he was a businessman, he was he was very successful. So it, it was like, you know, I'm tired of the status quo of, you know, because I've served. But but the problem is, is the people you see who are elected, they serve, and they'll serve for like 40 and 50 years, and you don't see any accomplishments. To me, a person who serves is someone basic like you being in the military that is a servant not someone as i show up for meetings every once in a while and you know and i i don't i, I and they call it reaching across the aisle i'm tired of that i'm tired of hearing yeah. you have to reach across the aisle i don't think you do yeah. but, but to make a long story short i voted for ross perot and what got me about him is his employees had been kidnapped remember that yeah he didn't want, he didn't want to wait on the government okay he didn't want to wait so he sends his own team of people in to get his employees to rescue them. And that's when I said, that's the one for me. So I talked with both my parents about this. I said, so you're going to vote for Bush and you're going to vote for Clinton. Again, I didn't tell them who I was voting for. And I said, what do you know about Ross Perot? That they, they seem to be not interested at all. And I, I just blew my mind. And I'm thinking, I don't think you're educated. I mean, parents are your parents. And they're but they had one thing in mind, R for Republican, D for Democrat. It didn't, mind. It didn't really yep. matter. And I said, I really think both of you would vote for a chimpanzee as long as it had a D or an R in front of it. I really, <laughs> and we have proof of that. We have that. Oh, right yeah. Right house. Absolutely. I think it's just exactly like you said earlier. I think it's all about education. I think people, they, they well, my mother was a Democrat. My mother was a Republican. And that's why they vote what they do. They don't go out and seek information. And we've got to educate folks. We have to. And the, what really got me more involved in politics than ever before was when Obama was running for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I was watching what was going on and what he was saying. And I'm going, this guy is a socialist communist. Mm -hmm. And what scared me the most was the fact he said, I'm going to transform America. And he wasn't joking. No, he was. He said exactly what he was going to do, bud. Yep. Exactly. That's that's when I uh, I started realizing. Now, I had already been retired from the Marine Corps, so I wasn't in the Marine Corps, but I was a government employee at the time. Mm -hmm. So I was in the government. And I was going, this is not going to be good at all. And within five years after that, I left the federal government, just walked out. No, I didn't care about retirement, nothing. I said, I can't deal with this anymore. I was seeing 
the corruption, the good old boy network being created within mm-hmm. every part of the government that I was part of. And, and that really opened me up to, to do a lot more research on both of the parties. Mm-hmm. And what I really don't like is neither one of them keep the keep the true platform that they're supposed to represent they flow they they go in and out uh back and forth left and right to meet the requirements of whatever is the hottest thing that's going on so for instance give you an example go back in the 60s you remember belt bottoms right oh yeah okay what if all of a sudden everybody started wearing belt bottoms again I wouldn't doubt it that one of these politicians would go, if you elect me, I'm going to give every one of you two pairs of belt bottles. You know, th- mm-hmm. that's how ignorant it is, right? It, whatever these people think that they need or should have, uh-huh. and it's a big cultural thing, mm-hmm. they're going to jump on it. It doesn't matter if 85% of the people totally disagree with it. It's part of the culture. Well, and it's yeah. the news media that does this. So remember yes. this. Okay. Um, there was a Tickle Me Elmo. I have a son. Of course, now he's 44 years old. But I have a 44-year-old son. When he was two years old, the Tickle Me El- Elmo doll became popular. People were fighting. They were in shopping malls. I mean, fights were breaking out because everybody wanted to Tickle Me Elmo for their kid. So I asked Brad. I said, son, how would you like to have a Tickle Me? And I'm going, how would you like to have a Tickle Me Elmo for Christmas? Well, he looked at me like he said, they'd rather have toy soldiers and cowboys and Indians. And I said, but I heard every kid wanted it. That was the media. The media was telling us. The media was selling it. The media was saying, no, every kid wants a Tickle Me Elmo doll. So Santa Claus didn't bring him one because he said he had no interest in it. I didn't see the point in getting in a fight at the local shopping mall to buy a Tickle Me Elmo. We're being led around by the nose on everything. And especially if your parents aren't involved in the the information, the media that's coming through uh, to their children mm-hmm. and uh, re- just relying on that environment and the education environment included, mm-hmm. what, what's ha- what happens is you cause discourse between a person that's young that can't even determine, you know, what pair of pants to wear that day to go to school, but yet they're going to make a determination whether or not they want to be a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. And and so the, the mindset is, I don't want to, I don't want to be a parent. I just, you know, I want to be selfish and, and let the world, do what is necessary to, you know, to take care of my kids and so forth. When I was growing up, we had the old, you know, black and white TVs and eventually a 19 inch color television. And when we would go in and turn on the TV, my mom or my dad, anytime they heard that TV come on, they would come in there and see what we were watching. And if it was something they didn't want us to watch, they turned the channel and said, you ain't watching, you cannot watch that. And then they basically directed what the media was coming into our brain. And this is the 60s and the 70s. Can you imagine today what comes through the media, whether it's uh, on 
the news or the shows or Disney. I look at what what is coming out, and I I, I think to myself, is is this like a nightmare? Is because I I know the twilight zone. Yeah, I the feel twilight like we're living zone. in the twilight zone. I have to question that. Yeah, I look at it as I I just fail to believe that the majority of our country agree with with all that stuff that's coming out but apparently they they must be making an impact because you got uh kids that you know were put through all of that brainwashing etc stuff race etc they're in the government now they're running businesses these are the the people that um they're they're lost. They're, they have no ability to have decent reasoning and in reality. They live, I call them TV people. They are TV people. They were grown, raised, and do the things that the TV show them how to do. And this is where but, we're but, at. But have you noticed this though? Okay, the smartest kids you will see are the ones who are being homeschooled. Exactly. My son they, homeschooled our kids. They yeah. are the smartest ones. I, I'll, I'll have to tell you that. But I, I've got to say this, though. It, it didn't start just yesterday. It didn't start under Obama. It started way before then. So when Brad was in school, and now I represented my school in the math contest. I won. I represented school. Uh, there was none of this calculators. In fact, back in 1975, you would be expelled from school if you brought a calculator to school. So yes. my son, Brad, comes in. I'm using Brad. His ears must be burning right now. So Brad comes <laughs> in from school one day and he said, hey, mom, I've got to have a calculator. And I'm looking at him like, why? And he said, I got to have it in math class. And I said, mm, that's cheating, son. You can get expelled for that. Well, that was back in my old days. You could be expelled for it. And so I said, OK, I'm going to call your teacher. Well, he didn't move. He didn't budge. So that let me know he wasn't just saying that to the calculator. So I called his teacher. And I said, Brad tells me he has to have a calculator for math. She said, yes, he does. And I said, that's cheating. You've got hmm. to think with your own brain. That was part of the start right there. That was right before Common Core. Actually, it was being, it was, it was a little spider web. We have a mutual friend, by the way, Ann Eubank, mm -hmm. Alabama oh, yeah. Legislative Watchdog. Yep. Okay, yep. so I got a huge education. I already knew this. But she really helped me see this about Common Core and what we're now we're in that generation of kids who are brought in on Common Core. They're dumbing them down. And I don't like that. It's it really, really upsets me. But the people aren't questioning teachers. They're not questioning. And, and there's some fantastic teachers out there. But I'm telling you, most of them are being led around by the nose. They're teaching what they think they have to teach in order to keep their jobs. But now there's bring a calculator into math aren't you supposed to use i have to use what noodles i've got left in my head i have to go by that i mean go, oh, to, that, that, go to a drive-through okay go to a drive-through give a kid let's say your total comes to ten dollars well now it would be twenty dollars but it comes to twenty dollars and 25 cents give them a fifty dollar bill you're gonna like you, you've blown their mind they don't know what kind they, of change to give you back they don't have a clue and see the thing about it is math history uh, English, th those are the type of 
classes that we took and what it developed was critical thinking. Yes. It, it, it helped you to see a situation, put the information into your brain and determine the outcome or what that information meant and how to react to it. The kids today, they don't have that ability. So the simplest things are difficult for them. And because it's difficult, they live in the basement, basically. They they have such a hard time. And then their feelings get hurt when you say, no, that's not right. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, and they're going, they have no clue why you're, you know, telling them or scolding them. They think the the way they think is 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 okay. And it's real it's, simple. It's Create sheep, right? Create a sheep and they'll follow wherever you go. Gosh. And they they won't lead anything. And it goes into cartoons, okay? Because back a long time ago, back in my olden days in the 60s and the 70s, I know you kids don't understand this, but there were cartoons that were for kids. Yeah. Now, there was a little bit being filtered in then, though, if you'll go back and look. However, when The Simpsons came on, so my son, I always I just wanted to watch everything he watched to, to approve it. So he said, hey, Mom, we're watch The Simpsons. Simpsons. And I said, okay, let's look at it. So we watched it. The dad was being dumbed down. He was like really stupid in these cartoons. The The mother was dumb. The kids were smarter than the parents. And mm. of course, you know what I said. No, you're not watching The Simpsons. I, I forbid yeah. that. I, I didn't want, I wanted my son to grow up to be the man of the house. The man should be the man of the house. This is a woman saying this. No, you live. No, absolutely. I that. totally agree. The man needs to be the head. Okay. Now, the man and the wife are a team. I believe that. Yes, absolutely. The kids don't make the sit like when we moved. I'm actually from Oxford, Alabama. So dad and mother decided we want to move to Geraldine, Alabama. I had no say so in it. They didn't ask me if I wanted to. None of that. We just packed up a year later. We moved to Geraldine, Alabama. But now it's like parents ask their kids. I, I can see things on. I, I love to watch HGTV. I love designing and that kind of thing. But it makes me sick to my stomach when a parent has the kid in on the decision making on whether they move or not. You're yeah, that's yeah, we no, we <laughs> no. What about that is common? I mean No, when I when I'd go, well, dad, why this or why that? He says, because I said so. Because I'm the you know? and, and people say, Well, that's wrong. They should know what's going on. You know, yeah. Well, you tell them My, after you make the decision. As well, parents, after after everything's done, but also uh if there was a lesson learned in it, my dad will tell, will teach me that lesson. Mm -hmm. But if I'm just asking some stupid question that, you know, he ain't got time to answer, then mm -hmm. that's the you know, normal response we got. So mm -hmm. Donna, we're going to take a break. When we get back, here's what I would like to do. I, like I said, I just had a podcast with uh, Senator Tommy Tuberfield. So mm -hmm. I kind of want to go into that political realm, talk a little bit about our, gotcha. uh, you know, the Senate, House representatives of Alabama and maybe go into some little bit of the state politics uh, about what's going on, because a lot of people want to understand what our representatives are actually doing for us. Mm -hmm. And if you're not involved in that kind of politics, uh, the information is going to get squashed somewhere. It's going to get hidden in some social media. And this is the best way to do that. So Absolutely. don't go away. We'll be right back. Oh, beautiful, far 
back great patriots of america this is bud cornwell you're on the patriot cause donna feevil is that right feezel anything Fiesel. you want to say donna feezel <laughs> is on the show with us today and what i want to get uh talking about here is important especially for us that live in alabama but it doesn't matter where you live you need to do this process and what that process is is actually getting and understanding what your representatives are doing in wherever environment they're in. See how they're voting, what they're voting for, what they represent. Are they coming back into the state and having talks with citizens, going to town halls and all that? 
and I had Senator Tommy Tuberfield on the show. And what did we talk about? What he's most dealing with is the veteran situation with uh, the VA. He's on the VA committee. He's on different committees that support the military. He wasn't in the military. Of course, he was a coach for University of Auburn. Might as well be in the military. (laughs) Might as well be in the military. But he, what we talked about was what he was concerned about. So I had a direct relationship with a senator, a U.S. senator, and got to hear from him directly to a civilian, to a regular person, not a big group, on what's going on. This is what you need to do. You need to write your, your congressman and get letters back and talk to them, get uh, newsletters from their websites and so forth. So Tell us what you think about the the politicians that we have, what they're doing as far as what you know. Well, I think it all starts with voting and before the vote. Yes. Um, I th- we need to be asking questions. We don't need to be in such awe, and we need to think of it this way. We hire them. It's not the other way around, okay? Now, you need to have respect for folks in office. I totally believe that. But they also have to earn that respect. Yes. When you ask a question, a simple, simple question, and they start sidestepping, don't vote for that person. I'm just telling you, don't. We're responsible for who comes into office. Now, we can blame it on voting, and, and, and I really believe the election was stolen, but anyway, that's, I, I yes. slipped that in. I agree. I believe yep. that. I agree. However, we can't give up the fight. We still have to go out. We have to go out and ask questions. Now, we need to do it in a civil tone. Let me tell you something that turns off a politician. If you get out there and you're all dogmatic and you're yeah, 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 they're not going to listen to you, no. okay? But if you go in as a professional and you ask a simple question, you're more likely to get a simple answer. And what you need to do, and I found this out the hard way when I lived in Arkansas, <laughs> you need to research the question that you're asking. You need so to know. that, yeah, you need to know at least as much as you can. So that when they start talking, you can go, that ain't right, or that is right, or whatever it is. You got to be knowledgeable on what, you can't just go, I'm mad because the taxes are going up or the gas is going up. Everybody's mad about all of that stuff. But we want to know why. We want to know what's causing it. And wouldn't it be better if you went and asked a certain question to a politician and saying, Hey, the administration is cutting off the oil. We're having a hard time uh, producing our own oil. I mean, what in the world's going, what are these people thinking of and what are you doing about it to get us back into a fuel situation where we have control over it and we can control our economy based on, you know, the, the price of fuel. There are websites we could go to to see how they voted on a particular issue. Yes. I mean, it's all out there. All we have to do is go get it and to have that information with you. And I'm going to tell you something to intimidate some in a nice, sweet little way. If you have a clipboard with you and you have questions written down on that clipboard. Now, I'm saying be civil about this. You know, right, sure. good old boy, a good old girl about it. But be civil and ask questions. They can see you've done some research. They will see you are serious about what you have to say. But we have to think about our kids. A good question right now on anybody running for office, if it's something that pertains to them, by the way, would be this. If you have kids and grandkids, let's say your house is already paid for. 
Okay, but you have kids and you have grandkids who are making house payments. Interest rates are going very high. We need to do a little bit of research about what it means if an interest rate goes up only one half percent. What does that do to a house payment? Bloom. Absolutely. It Absolutely. goes big. We need to ask those questions. Why are interest rates going up? That's going to hurt the kids. Not only the money that's being spent with U.S. government, not only is that affecting them, they may not get Social Security benefits. You know, mm -hmm. we're the baby boomers. I mean, we're okay. Yeah. But we've got to think in advance about our kids and our grandkids. Yep. That's a must. Well, the, 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 the knowledge that a person has detects, detects or determines how you can communicate with a legislator. If you're just, you know, everyday schmo, don't follow anything, you can ask them whatever, and they're they're going to know right away, and then they're going to usually just give you the normal, everyday answer. But well, I'll have to tell you, my eyes were open. This is weird, okay? So my grandmother always went to Geraldine um, First Baptist Church. She always worked in the polls. Every year, as long mm -hmm. as I can remember, she always did that. So I got to ask if I would do it, and I'm thinking, my grandmother used to do it. I think I'll try it. I did it twice. And let me tell you what I saw. My eyes were open. You know how you mm. and I, we research, we would find out about candidates. Yeah. We know months before we even go into the voting polls, what's, what's going to happen. People were walking in and they didn't know yet. You don't know, then you don't need to be there voting. If you don't know about the amendments and if you don't know about that person who's running for office, you don't need to be voting. I'm going to say that. I'll go that far. Well, you can get in Alabama, I think it's six, five or six months ahead of time. You can get a ballot sample of what's going to be on the ballot. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what I do every year. When we get ready to vote, I go pull that information, do the research and go, this is no way I'm going to vote for that. And, mm -hmm. and, and I talk to people I go to church with, other veterans, and we talk about you know, who they're going to vote for, why we're going to vote for that, so that we have some type of engagement together. But I've seen people go in there, have no clue who these people are, and do A, you know, A before C or whatever, A, B, C, D or whatever, you know, do an A, then a B, uh -huh. then a C, because you know, they, they just, well, I voted. Yeah, uh -huh. no, you filled but out You dots. don't know who you voted for. Oh, and this you is another thing. This is another reason I've seen people vote for somebody. Well, they've got a good personality. Oh, well, I just yeah. got to tell you, I really don't care what the personality is. If this is somebody who's going to get the job done. I've I've been in the situation. We, we used to own, Phil and I owned eight Nextel stores. Okay, we had a lot of employees. We had people overseeing everything for us as well. I wanted the best person for the job. I interviewed them. Okay. You have to interview people who are running for office. You've got to do that. And don't listen to sound bites, whatever you do. Okay. I can, okay. I can get a picture of Marilyn Monroe. I can dig up an ugly one of her where she's looking off to the side. Not every picture she took was beautiful. Okay. There are some where she's looking the wrong way. You can get a picture. You can get a sound bite. You can get anything to sound and look any way you want it to. And I'll give you a good example. We went to Birmingham to see Trump. Okay, this is when he was running the first time. And so, you know, all the media were there and we were just in the crowd mingling. 
So this guy is throwing himself on the ground, cursing, carrying on. He's just a few steps away from us. The place was packed. I mean, it was jam packed. And so Trump just looks at him. He said, no, the, the, the people, security people were coming to take him out. And he said, no, no, no. And I just want to hear what he's got to say. You didn't hear that from the media. He said, I want to hear what he's got to say. So he's cursing. You can't under the only the only words you could understand were the curse words. Everything else was, you know, like you couldn't. It wasn't clear on what he had to say. So Trump said, no, don't take him yet. What are you trying to say? And so the guy was just still he couldn't understand the word. Well, so here's what Trump does. He's standing up in front of all of us. And Trump says, I'll get rid of him. You know, like that. He said that. And then he looked at us and he said, you know what you're going to see on the news tonight? You're not going to see, I gave him three chances. You're going to see where I just said, let him go, you know, take yeah. him off, whatever it was he said. Yeah. Well, see, that's what people are seeing. They're not seeing the whole picture. You've picture. got to see the whole thing. You're going to, you're going to love this one. Remember, I've only been in Alabama for four years. Oh, we got to train you a few more things. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm still an LSU fan, so you're going to really have to work on that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. Uh, do you know who Michael Dell is? He used to be the uh -huh. attorney general. Okay, he comes to our church. He's a great man. I love him to death. Well, he got ready to retire. Of course, we know they had to you know, run for the election. Summer, Summerfield, you know, she was running in this other guy. I guess his name was Tim, I think, or something like that. He, and at one point, he was the mayor of Rainsville. Uh -huh. Okay. Now I didn't know any of this stuff. You can't go find this information. You know, I was researching him online. He, you know, he's a, you know, rich kid, all that kind of stuff. Right. And I'm going, I don't see any, you know, and he said, well, he was the mayor of Rainsville. I said, okay. Well, he was the mayor. Right. Well, I went to talk to Mike uh, Odell and I told him, I said, look, Tim's got signs all over the freaking place. And Somerville has one here, one there. I says, Tim is just going to wipe out, wipe her out. He goes, no, he ain't. I said, well, why not? I mean, he's, you know, he says, let me tell you, the people vote, not signs, not dollars. Let me tell you what Tim did or what happened to him when he was the mayor in Rainsville. He said he was so bad that the sheriff locked him out of his office and wouldn't allow him to come back into the city hall for a week. He got into it with the police chief. Exactly. The police chief, not the sheriff. But see, mm -hmm. it's just it's the same thing. It's just like. And people know, remember that. They remember was, that. So he was they very told me that. And, 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 and when I, I still kept telling Mike, I'm like, I don't know. There's a lot of people, you know, talking about the signs and all that. He goes, you'll see. And then, of course, when the election came out, she ran away with it. Yeah. And I was like. Well, he had, he was young and, you know he was not experienced he was just young made right. a lot of dumb decisions now he matured a lot but the right. problem is is people remember back in the day a few years ago sure. being very immature and they do people remember those things well you gotta if you're gonna run to be a politician one you gotta have thick skin because you're gonna be no matter who you are somebody's gonna hate you but you have to think about the people that you are serving and what is right for them, not for you. And if you put yourself in a uh, uh, position, mayor, doesn't whatever whatever you get elected into, and you say, "Oh, I am now the honorable whatever," you know, the wizard of sheriffs or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, you ain't gonna last long at all. Uh -uh. 
I think you've got to have core beliefs and you've yes. got to stick to those core beliefs and you can't go to, let's say you're higher up in the lunch line and you can't go to DC and change because if you go to, to DC and change, we all know. So there is a Senator. I won't say who he was. I'll tell you off air. It was a Senator <laughs> who had to so remember the judge who said that she was asked if she could, if she knew the difference between a man and a woman. And she said, um, she's not a scientist. So therefore she could not tell the difference between a man and a woman. You remember that, that, that chick? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So the Senator wanted to talk with her. Now I did not go on Facebook. I did not show out on his Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. I sent him a private message. And I said, if you, have to think about it. If you have to sit down with her, that one statement would be enough for me to not vote her. It, it is. She does not need to be a judge. If Absolutely. if you are if you are walking around human being and you don't know what the difference between a man and a woman is, don't need to be a judge. I would not have to sit down and talk with them about it. Now this was a private thing between me and the senator. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But a lot of people want to get on there and just like, I'm, I'm going to show the world what, you know, I, some things I think need to be done in private. That was one of them. He was getting land blasted enough, so I didn't have to do it anymore. But the thing is, is we've got to do research, whatever we feel in our heart, whatever. Again, you want to be a judge, but you don't know the difference between a man and a woman. You don't, there's something wrong with you mentally. You don't need to be a judge. That's correct. Well, um, time's about up here, so I'm going to give you the last word. Um, tell us anything that uh, is on your mind, and especially, again, what do we need to do? What are the actions, real actions that we can do? And I know we can go vote, but some of those should be you, you should go run for uh, the education board or, or something, right? Don't listen to sound bites. And every vote is important. I don't care if it's dog catcher. Some people say, well, it doesn't matter if that person's a Democrat or Republican. It does, it does matter. Absolutely, it does. It really, it matters. I mean, you need to do research. And if it's someone, senator or congressman or whatever, there is all kinds of information, truthful information on the internet, websites you can go to that can tell you how they voted. And if they're wishy-washy about any kind of a question you ask them, next, don't vote for them. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Donna, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, thank you for letting me come on the show. I'm looking forward to coming to your show. And, and well, we're going to connect because we're just down the road a piece from each other, as, as we say in the, the great country. And I'm, I'm thrilled. And I will definitely, on the show notes, all your links and everything to your, you know, uh, social media. And of course, you can go to the what I I C R radio or I C radio. That's in in Christ in Christ radio. Unless you're hungry and want ice cream, think of ice cream. Ice cream radio. I okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, you I have a great afternoon. Radio. You have a Thank wonderful you. afternoon, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Yep. Bye bye. Bye bye. Wish a buck was still silver 
And it was back when the country was strong Back before Elvis, before the Vietnam War came along Before the Beatles and yesterday When a man could still work and still would It's the best of the free life behind us now The good time's really over for good I wish Coke was still cola And a joint was a bad place to be It was back before Nixon lied to us all on TV Before microwave ovens when a girl could still cook and still would The best of the free life behind us now The good time's really over for good I'll be rolling down a hill like a snowball Headed for hell With no kind of chance for the flag or the liberty Wish a Ford and a Chevy would still last ten years like they should. All right. It's the best of the free life behind us now. The good time's really over for good. Make a Ford and a ship that would still last ten years like the should. Cause the best of the free life is still yet to come. The good times ain't over for good.